I'm going to be thankful for that. It's a sermon in itself. You're in for a special treat this morning, but I'm going to take time because I can to just brag on my very dear brother. I have a number of uh, best, bestest friends. BFFs, I think. Is that, is, that, is that right? BFF? Yes, BFFs. And uh, many of them are in the room. <laughs> and Pastor Josh is certainly one of those. I've met him when he was 15 years old. And um, I've told this many times before, but I'm just going to tell it again. Um, the first time I found out who you were was after a service. You would jump on the piano. And he would play. And there's something about the sound of heaven. There's something about the anointing. It's not regular music. It's different. It's different. Well, they might say, well, that's a, that's a D flat or that's a G. You know, the same. No, there's something different. There's something, there's a different vibration. There's some, something different. And for me, the way the Lord wired me up is I can be in my office and worship practice can be happening. And, and it happens from time to time. They'll be singing a particular song. And it should be like, I, something hits me in my office. And, I'll, and this will happen on Sundays. I'll come downstairs. I'll come in the back and I'll lift my hands and they're just practicing, but they're God's on it. You know what I mean? It's not just regularly anointed. I mean, it's like God glory on it. So service would end and then they would allow the 15-year-old kid, Joshy, to get up on the keys. And I remember I was leaving. I was no doubt with my mother because uh, my mom would bring me to church. Praise God. And I, I would, I was walking down the second the center aisle and I heard I started hearing some keys I was just like just turn me I look back and I see this pudgy little kid bringing the glory the glory of God was on him and I went over to you and I met you and I remember that oh I'm I'm John you know I'm Dr. Morocco's son I'm John. he grew up in the house and he's become a tremendous man of God. I've heard the prophecies of how there'd be this double portion. Really has an apostolic anointing on him and a tremendous prophetic gift. My very dear friend, Pastor Josh and Pastor Shannon Morocco. Come on, put your hands together for him. Praise God. You may be seated. I will say it doesn't matter how pudgy you are with a wife like this. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was. Anyways, happy Valentine's Day. Every day's Valentine's Day for me. Just letting you know. Come on. Hey, it's good to be in probably the best church on the planet. And the reason I have confidence to say this because you really do have the best pastors on the planet. And uh, I'm telling you what, give your pastors a hand. We love them. And, you know, I, I will say this. This man and his wife and their family have brought to this place, to Wasilla, to Alaska, uh, an anointing. And one of the greatest things about this family is number one they're not intimidated he's going to be who he is he knows how to run his race he knows how to stay in his lane and be everything God's called him to be and the benefit of that is this that this church will be true 
through and through. You guys will be everything that God's called you to be. You will fulfill the call of God in your life. You're going to accomplish that. Amen. They're not going to back down. He's in love with the Lord. And uh, he loves the anointing. You know, there are churches today, and maybe maybe you guys are spoiled here. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, you are spoiled here. But coming from Oahu, where uh, it's predominantly, I would probably say, 95% seeker-sensitive churches. The amount of spirit-filled churches are very, very small. They don't know what it is to believe for a miracle. And, um, and so to be here where every week you can come to church with a confidence that I'm going to get a miracle, not just prayed for. Some of, us, some of us has to change our perspectives, don't we? We come to get prayed for. When, when blind Bartimaeus came to, to Jesus, he didn't, <laughs> Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, say, so what do you want? Uh, I'll take prayer, please. I think a lot of us were like that, aren't we? You come up to the front, how can I pray for you? I just really want prayer right now. Uh, I don't want prayer, I need a miracle. We need to shift our thinking, right? Blind Bartimaeus came to Jesus and said, I want to see. And this is a house that believes in miracles. This is a house that is, preaches the word. Amen? And so I, just one more time, let's give Jesus some praise for sending you guys some amazing pastors. And I, I want to ask my wife, my beautiful wife, to uh, just greet you guys. Well, hey, I love you guys so much. You know, it's just, you know, Casey, we're one, one family all over the world, no matter if we're in Chile or in Japan or in Alaska or Hawaii, that, uh, you know, I just feel such love for you. And obviously, you know, my husband has a history with your pastors, but I, I would definitely say um, I got to call them matchmakers uh, because before Josh and I were ever together, you know, they, were, they had a small group at my parents' house. And, and they would come, and even when Hannah was like six months old, I think I was like the first one that they let hold Hannah. <laughs> and my mom's strawberry cream pie was the first bite of sweets, and you should have seen that baby's face wherever Hannah is. It was like, ah! It was amazing. And, you know, they just, before I ever was even a Morocco, before I was even, you know, I mean, God had called me to the ministry at like age 15, but they saw it. You know, and you, your pastors are amazing. That they see life and destiny and purpose. Doesn't matter where you came from or what you're going through, that they're going to speak life. And I just, even during worship, I'm just going to share this quick word and then pass it off because he's got an awesome message. But during worship, I feel like I wanted to give a word just to the church. And it's out of Luke chapter 1, verse 14. And it says this, and it's, when the angel showed up to Zechariah, and they'd been praying for a son and praying for a baby. And, and the angel showed up and it said, he, he got afraid and he, he stood back. But this is what the angel said. It says, you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people of the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts. Listen to this. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Lord, I just stretch my hands. Come on, just lift your hands right now in this place. 
God, I thank you, Lord God, that that is a word over this church, that the spirit of power and of revelation, God, that hearts are going to be turned. Lord, the rebellious are going to be drawn to this place. God, and just as Elijah, God, Lord, John the Baptist was set apart like Elijah, God, so this church is being set apart. And Lord, like a city on a hill cannot be hidden, this church will not be hidden, that people will come from far and wide, God, to come and see the healing of the Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. Amen. Thank you, baby. Praise the Lord. Everybody open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 11. Luke, chapter 11. You ready? You guys sure? Now, I made you a promise. I was here, I believe it was in November. Am I right, Pastor Daniel? I was here in November. I made you guys a promise that I would preach this message. And so here we go. It's time. Luke chapter 11, starting with verse 14. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left the man who had been mute, he spoke. And the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Now that word Beelzebub means Lord of the Flies. And we'll talk about that in a moment. It means Lord of the Flies. By Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Other test, others tested him, asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself is in ruin, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Let's keep reading. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Father, I pray that you anoint this word, anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, that we may be changed by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. The title of my message this morning, if you're taking notes, is Swatting Flies. So I, I got my props ready. Swatting flies. You know, I, I remember I was, I came, well, we were about to leave to go to a service. And we're, we're about to leave to go to a service. And my wife asked me, as she, as she should, baby, can you take out the trash? Well, you know, I was preoccupied. I was going all over the place doing everything. And I forgot to take out the trash. Happy Valentine's Day. And what ends up happening is, I, I didn't know it, but my kids were outside on the balcony playing, and we have a sliding glass door, and they left the sliding glass door open. So we went off to church, and we were there for a few hours, and we came back, and my house was infested with flies everywhere. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. And so I, we're, we're running around the house. We're swatting flies. we got fly swatters, and we're just swatting flies all over the place. And we're running around the house, killing stuff, getting stuff, disinfecting stuff. And all of a sudden, I get this revelation. And I feel like the Lord said, isn't this the way our church is? Isn't this the way that the modern church is that 
we've actually created products to deal with demons. We've manufactured, fleshly manufactured things to deal with the flies. And we're running around swatting flies, rebuking stuff that we have zero authority over. And we're trying to rebuke and swat flies. But then the Lord says something. Son, if you just deal with the trash, close the doors, and cover the wounds, it will deal with the flies. Because trash, open doors, and open wounds, the flies are just a product of those things. The products are just a... The the devil is just a product of... Trash, open doors, and open wounds. The torment in your life is a product of trash, open doors, and open wounds. And if we can learn in the church how to take out the trash, close the doors, and cover the wounds, you're going to begin to see the demonic influence. You're going to see all those things that have robbed you from every prophetic word you've gotten for years and years and years that it seems like it gets ruined. It seems like that fly in the oil. And what we see is we think we see things ruined in our life and spoiled in our life. We're saying, God, what happened? How in the world did the devil get to destroy this promise? It's because you had trash in your life. Open doors. And open wounds. This morning, we're not going to run around anymore swatting flies. We're going to deal with the issue. What are the things that you've manufactured in your life, in this thing that you call Christianity, your relationship with God, your relationship with the church, that are almost like a tool that you've manufactured in your own flesh to try and deal with the enemy? And we have different things, don't we? I mean, man, We'll get violent with things. Oh, devil, I command you. Let me tell you something. You can only take authority over something you have authority over. Wait, what a second? Well, what? Look, you can't, you can't cast out a demon of pornography if you're watching pornography. You come up to somebody, I bind you, demon of pornography. You're like, mm-hmm. I know what you did last night. Why? Because you can only have authority where you have authority. You see, Jesus, something very interesting. Jesus was led into the desert by the Holy Spirit to be tempted. And there in the desert, he gets tempted by the devil. Before he goes into the desert, the Bible explains that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. But when he comes out of the desert, it says now Jesus in power. There was something significant that happened in the desert. What was it? When he resisted the devil, that resistance not only developed power, but also authority. And a lot of us want authority over the devil, but we don't have the power to resist. Refuse the devil. Resist the devil, and he shall flee. Now, when you say, well, pastor, why? why?" It's because, number one, we've got to learn how to take out the trash. Now, I'm going to read you this passage, and uh, just bear with me for a moment. We all have to recognize Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. What does it say? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities in this dark world. 
Anybody with me? You are in a spiritual battle. You can receive, you can receive a prophetic word, but that prophetic word will go through a spiritual battle. Not just a physical battle, it will go through a spiritual battle. And you have to learn how to fight. You have to learn how to wage war in the spirit so that thing can be nurtured and grow and come to fruition. Are you with me? We have to recognize you're in a spiritual battle. Some things that are happening in your house. Certain things that are happening in your life and in your finances. You've done everything you can in the natural. Now it's time to fight and wage war in the spirit. The first thing we have to do is we got to take out the trash. Why, pastor? What's the big deal? Now, I, are, are you guys like me? I don't like taking a lot of trips to trash because I live in a condo. And you got to go outside, and you got now. If you live, if I lived in Alaska, let me tell you something. What I do? Number one, I get one of those big trash cans in my house, like the big, big, big ones, and in, in like a big old barrel, fifty gallon barrel, whatever you might be. I develop my own hundred gallon, anyways. And anytime it'd get close to full, I'd get in there and I'd stuff it down. Why? Less trips outside. Anybody? Come on. Nobody else in here lazy. Praise God for you. I know you all think it. You all looking like, how can we stuff that down a little bit more so we don't have to take it out right now? So maybe I might be hitting a nerve right now because some of you have been so conditioned in your life to just stuff stuff down so you don't have to deal with it. You know, I'm going to come to church this week, but I'm just going to stuff this one down because this one's going to take a lot of work. This one, this, we're going to have to really deal with this one. This one's a little extra stinky, but I don't want to have to take it out right now. I don't want to have to, so we're just going to st- stuff it. Just, let's just stuff it this week. Pastor comes up to you, how you doing? <laughs> Good stuff. Because you don't want to have to take it out, do you? But see, this is the problem. We don't recognize that sin, now hear me, sin functions a little differently than what we're used to. Because little do we know, sin gives the devil right. Now hold on a second. Because of an idea that has existed throughout Scripture, not just today, but even Paul talks to to Timothy about problems that are happening within the church. It's always existed this idea that salvation, the love of God, that sin doesn't affect any of it. That God, Jesus dealt with sin on the cross and sin has absolutely no, it's, there's no problem with it. There's no issues. I can sin all I want. I, as long as I said the sinner's prayer, I'm good to go. The problem is that sin gives the devil right. Well, what do you mean? Well, let's, let's look at the Bible. So I want you guys to underline this because this is a biblical understanding. Romans chapter 6, verse 15. Romans chapter 6, verse, uh, verse 15. Here we go. You ready? But then, shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Now listen to this. Listen to what Paul says. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, used to be, everybody say used to be. Why? Because I went to church. No, 
Because you received Jesus Christ. You did the two things that are a requirement. Now, for those who do not think that salvation is conditional, there's only one thing in Christ that is unconditional. It's called His love. God's love is completely and totally unconditional. Salvation is conditional. <gasps> Pastor, how can you say that? Well, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, believe in your heart, God raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So in order to receive salvation, there's a condition in order to receive it. So now, to understand the two requirements in order to receive salvation, there is repentance. If you confess with your mouth, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Okay? But then if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So what, it is, what is it? It's faith and repentance tied together that are the prerequisite, if you want to say, are the requirement for salvation. I hate the fact that people, all you have to do is say, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. <laughs> righteousness of God. You can declare you're the righteousness of God all you want. But sin gives the devil right. Look, it's great that you're declaring that, but if you still have sin in your life, you can declare it to your blue in the face. As long as the trash is there, you can get Febreze all you want. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. Take that, stinking sin. I'm the righteousness of God. Uh, Some of you guys are really quiet this morning. Why? Because what happens is this. Ready? Listen to this. Which leads to us. But thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of, of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance and now claimed your what allegiance you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness now i'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever increasing wickedness so now there's a choice So now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you're free from the control of righteousness. Oh, Lord, help us. So, Pastor, what what, what is Paul trying to tell us? Sin gives the devil right. Adam and Eve, they make a decision to eat of the fruit, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. In that moment, the Bible shows us that willingly Adam and Eve gave over their right. See, God gave Adam and Eve dominion. But as we see, as they disobeyed God through that disobedience, they handed over that dominion and authority that was given to them by God. Adam and Eve handed that dominion and authority over to the devil. The devil can only have right to that which you give him. See, the devil can't come in and be like, I'm going to take this. I just, you know, the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, which we'll talk about in a moment. But he can't take that which you don't give him. Why? Because he works on the ideas of rights, the issues of rights. Anybody with me? I have right to that. 
Now, if you don't receive Jesus and you don't make Jesus your Lord and Savior, he has right to you. That's why we understand something. If you don't receive Jesus, you're going to burn in a godless hell. Well, wait a second. Well, pastor, that's so mean. No, 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 no. Because the problem is we deal with rights. Because the devil has right to you. Why? You belong to him. But when you give your life to Jesus and you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, guess what? Now he has right to you. Jesus does. You belong to him. You are no longer slaves of the devil. You are slaves, therefore, unto God. Anybody with me? So we have to understand something because a lot of us, man, we'll have stuff in our life and we're trying to figure out why all hell is breaking loose. It's because you have things in your life that are giving the devil right. I went to someone's house and I, I was dedicating their home. They wanted me to come pray for them. And Pat, they got, the, you know, all this beautiful oil from Israel and it has all this perfume. It was just so wonderful. And like, Pastor, pray over my house. Just anoint my house. So I'm, I come in there like, okay, guys, we're going to pray. And I start reading some scripture about, you know, praying over in their home. And it's awesome. And then I go by their TV and I see a whole row of pornography. I'm like, wait, wait what, what? Christians. Been in the church, just moved into a new home. That doesn't make sense. Trying to figure out, Pastor, we need you to pray for us because our marriage is going through hell right now. I'm looking, I'm like, uh, uh, hello. He's like, why? Because you can, you can rub oil all over everything you want. Take an oil bath every morning. But if you've got bitterness in your heart, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, you have places where you have given the devil right. And until you deal with the trash, the sin in your life, until you deal with it, the devil will continuously have right over you. Yeah, but you know what? And I had this guy come up to me and go, you know what, pastor, that's not right. God's not legalistic. Like, you're so right. God's not legalistic, but the devil is. Can, can I just tell you a story? So, you know, um, I, and I think some of you heard this story before, um, but it changed my life because I, um, I had a phone bill. Anybody remember this story? I had a phone bill, and it was really high, and my wife's like, what's this? <laughs> I guess my phone bill. <laughs> And she, she wants to deal with it. So anyways, make an extremely long story short. <clears throat> We're on the phone for hours upon hours dealing with this phone bill. Because I get, had gotten some extra toys, like a couple extra iPads and stuff like that added to our... Yeah, anyways, so I thought I was getting a deal. But the problem was I didn't read the fine print. And I put my name on the dotted line. So I, we're calling this organization over and over and over and over. I'm like, please help me out. I need help. Oh, man, will you, do you have a grace policy in your organization? Do you have a forgiveness policy in your organization? And we get to the top dog, and I'm like, please, sir, do you have a forgiveness policy in your organization? He said, did you sign your name on the dotted line? Yes, sir. But, 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 but. He says, no buts. And look, they lied. 
This woman was like, I'm telling you, you're going to get a deal. It costed me more. She lied to me. It doesn't matter. No accountability whatsoever. And we think the devil's going to play fair Mm-mm. because he works on rights. So he wants to do everything he can to get you to sign your name on the dotted line because he knows, oh man, if I can get that guy to watch that, if I can get that guy to feel this, if I can get this girl to go there, if I can get their hands on this, and if I can get that in their heart, then I have right. Right. Why? Because he's the most legalistic entity on the entire planet. And he'll do everything he can to hold on to you. Everybody say, deal with the trash. Number two. Everybody say, close the doors. <laughs> Are you guys having fun this morning? Do we need to take a, a five-minute like, water break or something like that? <laughs> Robert, yeah, Robert Morris. Robert Morris is the pastor of Gateway Church in Dallas. He's talking about the demonic, and he, he gave a very interesting picture. The Bible says that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, correct? Well, what ends up happening is he's sharing this story about these robbers. And just imagine that you hear a knock at the door, and you answer the door. And you look out the peephole of the door, and out there you see someone holding a bat, somebody holding a gun, and somebody holding a bag. And you know in your mind, you're like, hello, there's some bad intentions outside that door. There's a guy there to kill, steal, and to destroy. And instead of keeping the door closed, you say, well, you know, I don't want to be rude. (laughs) After all, they did knock. And you open the door just to crack. But you didn't open it all the way. You just kind of unlock the deadbolt and just, you just kind of leave it open a crack. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to come in. And a lot of us, we flirt with the devil, don't we? And we leave doors open to our life. Certain things. I, I, don't, have, I don't have enough time to go into this whole list. Yeah, read Dr. Morocco's book, Closing the Forbidden Doors. But there are doors that exist. Maybe it's an emotional door. Maybe it's things that you've partaken of that open up doors. Maybe it's a marijuana. Is that what it's called? Marijuana. Mary Jane. Pakalolo. Maui Wa'u. Maui Wa'u. You know, I had a guy come up to me. He goes... You never had Maui Wawi, because I grew up in Maui my whole life. Maui Wawi. How many of you guys have ever heard of Maui Wawi? Praise God. Well, I'm so glad that there's only a few of you. you. Pastor Daniel, you're doing a great work. So, so supposedly, Maui Wawi is like the greatest marijuana on the planet. And this guy looks at me and goes, dude, you've never smoked weed before? I said, no. He goes, don't, and you from Maui? Maui Wawi, and you've never smoked weed? I'm like... No, I got something better. He goes, really? Holy Ghost. I do. Holy Spirit's better. But, you know, we, we partake in these different things, whether it be witchcraft. You know, we, we went through this season where was that, what was that, that stinking thing that they were doing in elementary schools? No, that little rubber band thing with the pencil. Charlie, Charlie. 
Weird stuff, man. Elementary school. My kids came home one day and they're like, Daddy, what's Bloody Mary? You're supposed to like go in the bathroom, turn off the light, spin around three times saying Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, and then turn on the light and she's there. What in the world? Elementary school. Now, maybe you don't deal with that kind of stuff up her in Alaska. But there's issues. There are open doors that we all struggle with. Maybe it's an open door to relationships in your job. We have to learn how to close the doors. Because the devil's intention is not to play with you and come in and have a play date. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But too, too many of us, we become complacent. And we've left the doors wide open. And then we get mad every time the devil has room in our life to do stuff. And we get angry and we blame the pastor and we blame the church. And we blame our spouse. And we blame the devil. Well, the problem is you can't blame the devil because the devil only can have what you give him. Anybody with me this morning? Did I say happy Valentine's Day yet? Just wanted to make sure I just, okay, I just threw that in there. Happy Valentine's Day. Everybody say, take out the trash. Close the doors. Let me give you this final one. When I was a, when I was a little kid, uh, I had one of those scab skateboards. You guys remember the scab skateboards? They're like this plastic skateboard, real narrow, and you could move it, you know, just it wobbled a lot. And uh, so my parents gave me the skateboard. And one of the things that the kids enjoyed doing was going down this steep slope by my house. And it was, I'm, it's, it's on like Donkey Kong. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I got this. And so I'm trying to be like one of those big boys. But the problem was I was like a little boy, but I was a big boy. But and you understand what I'm saying. And say, uh, I like them big. I, anyways, so I get on the, I, I don't know what was that. What was that? He's, was, he's the one that called me pudgy. He called me pudgy. He started it. Bishop, he started it. Calling me pudgy. Little some some. Anyways, so I'm, I'm on this board, and here I am, this little young pudgy kid, and I'm, th- I'm trying to be all brave. And so I'm, like, I'm going to take this hill, right? So I start off slow, and I'm thinking if I go big, like big turns like this, I'll be okay. So I start off going big, and I'm kind of going down this hill, and I, I got it going on. I'm like, this is good. And all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go faster. And so I start going a little faster, right? And I'm like, this time I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And I can hear my friends cheering me on. Yeah, Pudgy. No, just joking. It's like, yeah. And all of a sudden, see, the problem with the skateboard is the wheels were like this. But if you hit just a tiny little pebble, just, just a little one, and I hit this pebble, and I go flying. I am airborne. Woo! Slow motion, slow motion. Woo! My cheeks are going like this. I'm in the air, and I just, I just land on the and I'm, you know, big pudgy kids. They don't land good. 
You know what I mean? Like these athletes, they'll land and they'll roll and they'll get up. They're like, yeah, that didn't happen to me. I'm like, and I get up and there's scrapes all over my arms, all over the place. I mean, I'm scraped up from head to toe and I'm coming home and I'm like, and I'm screaming to my mommy and I'm thinking in my head. My mother's just gonna, she's gonna help me. She's gonna hold me and love me and just blow on my owies and, like, and blow her healing breath. You know what I'm saying? And I get up to the house and my mom's like, What happened to you? I said, I'm a pudgy. And so I'm trying to explain it and crying. You know, I'm just like, and she takes me, and so she takes me and she puts me in the shower in the bath. But she doesn't turn on the water. And I'm waiting. To, <laughs> I mean, I'm blood everywhere, scabs. Every, you know, I'm just. <sighs> and my mom walks in, thinking maybe she went to go get some cotton balls. And she walks in. My mom walks in with all authority, walks into that bathroom, like this, holding a bottle of hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like freaking out. Right? Because I know what's about. To... Now, look, for just, just a tiny little owie, I mean, it's, it's the utmost pain that anyone can feel. I had a whole body just, you know, exposed. I still twitch every time I think about it. And my mom began to pour the hydrogen peroxide on my body. Why? Because she understood a principle. If she didn't, I risked the chance of getting infected. You know what I've realized is an epidemic around the church. Is you know, we may be we may be in a point of maturity where we've dealt with our trash, our sins, and there's a maturity that we've grown to. And we've shut some doors. You know, we've we've taken those tapes and those things out of our life and different things, and it's good, but we're walking around with festering wounds. And you know what's scary? I, I did something that no human being should ever do. I typed, I Googled something. Don't do this. Why are flies attracted to open wounds? It is the most nastiest, grotesque thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sitting there going, well, I don't understand why. Because have you ever noticed that when you've got like an open wound, just flies just gather at their open wound? And I figured out, I figured out why. Now let me tell you why. Can I tell you why? Because a lot of us in the church, we've dealt with the other things. We've taken out the trash. We've closed the door. But we have festering wounds. And we're coming to church with festering wounds. And the worst part is, it's just like every person on the planet. You know when you have a wound and it's just like you come to someone and the first thing they do is, like, hey, buddy. And they hit you right where it hurts. Like, ah. It's because it, it's there. It's, it's there. And let me tell you, you ready for this? Because I'm about to close. The reason why is because there's a certain environment that a fly's seed or larva needs to grow. And your wound and the blood and everything that's there has the perfect environment for that seed to grow. 
And I want to tell you right now, the devil is looking to and fro trying to find people that has festering wounds. You know why? Because that wound is susceptible to that seed that he can plant. That offense, that bitterness, that anger, that hurt is susceptible to a seed of the devil to go, mm, I'm attracted to that. And he puts that seed right in there. Why? He knows that that wound has the perfect environment, has everything that is necessary for that seed to grow and for it to... And you can't figure out why. Why there's so much destruction in your life. It's because you've never dealt with those wounds in your life that make you vulnerable and susceptible to the enemy planting lies in your heart and planting lies in your life. The Bible says clearly, heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. You see something so amazing about the Lord. When it says, when that word bind, it actually means to cover. He, he covers. <laughs> Jesus covers your wounds. Those broken parts of your life, those areas that have never been dealt with. I mean, come on, you guys lift your hands high. You worship, you praise, you're, you're walking holy, you're doing everything, but you have that wound that's there, festering. He plants that seed and starts growing. You can't figure out why in the world you get angry so quickly. You can't figure out why in the world you get so offended so quickly or why you, you move into doubt and fear so quickly. It's because you have a festering wound that hasn't been dealt with and the devil's been planting those seeds of lie, lies and fear and doubt in your heart you've never dealt with the wound. This morning, I truly believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something new in your heart. I'm convinced that right now the Holy Spirit, even as I'm talking, there, there are wounds that are being revealed, aren't there? Some of you are getting an epiphany of, wow, that's why. You've been spending so much time swatting flies, rebuking the devil, doing different things that we think we know are right, but yet we feel like we're powerless. And I believe that the Lord wants to heal you. Now, it's not always comfortable. It doesn't always feel good, like my mama putting that hydrogen peroxide over my wounds, but she understands there had to be a cleansing. And the Lord wants to cleanse you and wash you and heal you this morning. Can I ask you a question before we, we move forward in, in a call? Because I want to make a call and I want to pray for you. Is there sin in your life? Trying to stuff it down that trash. Are there open doors? Are there open sores and open wounds? see, Jesus wants to cover you. He wants to protect you. He wants to heal you. But this I know very well as someone that, that dealt with pain. I have things that I had to go through that caused turmoil in my life. I recognize that there was a need to surrender that to the Lord. Some of you have been holding on to your wounds. 
matter of fact, you've taken pride in your wounds. You know, the, the one reason why we wouldn't cover the wounds is because we want everybody to see it. Has anyone ever come up to you and said, dude, you want to see my, you want to see my scratch? My son loves it. I'll come home. My son will get hurt. First thing he does is, daddy, look, daddy, look. You know, take off his bandaid and be like, look, daddy. Isn't that kind of how we are in the church? Look at my wound. Why? Because we use that wound to be that which justifies our actions. No, no, listen, we use it as a justifying tool. We go, this is why I act the way I act. It's not my fault. It's the wound's fault. The reason I'm angry, the reason I'm offended, the reason I hate life, the reason I hate my wife and my kids, it's the wound's fault. Why? Because you've allowed it to fester. And the enemy has planted seeds and you use it around, you, you walk it around like a trophy instead of recognizing the need. Jesus to cover it and heal it. Stop the bleeding. And this morning, God wants to do that with every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you hear and you say, Pastor, I've got sin in my life. I've got open doors. I've got open wounds. Pastor, will you pray for me, please? I, I'm sick and tired of my prophetic word dying and being spoiled. I'm sick and tired of the dreams and the promises that God has given me, being all for naught because I haven't done what was necessary to take out the trash, close the doors, and cover my wounds. But if that's you, on the count of three, will you lift your hands? I'm not, I'm not here to embarrass you, but I really believe that God wants to heal you. See, God doesn't reveal things to condemn. He reveals to heal. And so on the count of three, if that's you, will you lift your hands? One, two, three. Come on over this house. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. There's an anointing in this place for healing, for freedom. Jesus. You've been carrying that burden for far too long. I declare right now in Jesus' name that burden, that yoke to be broken, that yoke of sin, that fear in Jesus' mighty name right now. I want everybody to say this prayer with me. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Every disappointment, every hurt, every victory, to you. I am yours. Lord, I need your help. I need your grace, your strength, so that I can deal with the areas in my life that have contaminated my progress. I can close those doors and see my wounds healed. Pastor Daniel, I, I, I want to do something significant for me. 
in our church in Rural KC, but I, I believe in the power of response. And here in a brief moment, I know it's getting to be closing time. I know it's Valentine's Day. I know you have some dates, but, I, but can I just ask you, if you really are serious about saying, Pastor, I want to see these things broken in my life, the trash taken out, the doors to be closed, the wounds to be covered. If you're serious about it in a moment, I'm going to ask if, if Pastor Dan I'm convinced of this, that today you're going to walk out of these doors differently. Some of you guys walked in here with festering wounds. You're going to walk out of here healed and whole. How many of you guys believe that God can do that? Amen. Let's give Jesus praise one more time. Amen. Ushers, would you help us? Yeah, we can pull out. Ushers, would you help us, please? We're going to go ahead and give. What a word. Pastor Josh, great work. Let's go ahead and receive an offering for Pastor Josh, Pastor Shannon. I want to make a small correction scripturally, Pastor Josh. Okay. Uh, Mephibosheth is Jonathan's son. I made an error. Jonathan, Saul, relative of Saul correcting myself. Thank you for my online brother sending me a text. Hey, gotta be, gotta be scripturally correct, right? All right. Ushers, would you come? Father, we thank you for the, the power of the word of the Lord here, for the Moroccos, for the scripture that Pastor Shannon brought at the beginning of the message and the message now and the results and the response that will take place in just a moment. The freedom that you, God, have purchased for us by the blood. And it's not in vain that we receive your grace. We thank you for the Moroccos. We thank you for Pastor Josh, Pastor Shannon, their beautiful children. We pray that you bless them. Bless the gift and the giver. Multiply it many times over in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. Pastor Josh. I just want to make this simple. As the ushers are, are collecting the offering, I'm just going to make this real simple. This is it. No fluff to it. Not in, in a derogatory sense, but you've got trash in your life. You've got sin in your life that needs to be dealt with. You've got open doors. You've got open wounds. And this morning, you say, Pastor, I want to deal with those things. I want to leave this place free. I want to leave this place healed. I want to ask everyone to stand on your feet right now. Come on. 
ask all of our prophets, all of our pastors, ministers, if you'll come. But before we do any of this, this is how we're going to close. Just like I said in the beginning of the service, there's only two ways that you can obtain righteousness or salvation, and it's through faith in Jesus Christ and repentance. That's it. There's no other way. It's not based upon your church attendance. It's not even based upon your, your language. Just because you can talk Christianese doesn't mean you're automatically going to heaven. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus, and a heart of repentance. That is it. That's the only qualification. I want to ask everyone to say this prayer with me. It's probably the most important prayer you'll ever say in your life. If you say this prayer, you mean it in your heart, and you put your faith in Jesus. The Bible says that all things are made new. The old is gone. You're going to become a new person. So I'm going to ask Pastor Daniel to lead because he's your pastor. I'm going to ask him to lead you in this prayer. And then we're going to answer and respond to this call. Are you ready? Gracious Heavenly Father. Come on, say that with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me and to rise from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Break every chain. Break every curse. Heal me through and through. Spirit, soul, and body. Sanctify me. Deliver me. And use me for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Lift your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit, right now, come and fill each and every one. Release your power. In the name of Jesus. Are you ready to get those three things dealt with this morning? On the count of three, if that's you and you're ready, with all boldness and courage, will you step out from where you are and come to this altar? One, two, three. Come on, will you come right now? Come on, let's just worship the Lord. Let's worship Him for a few moments. Just come stand here and just make your... Bishop, would you lead us in?
As they're getting prayed for this morning, I want that person that's been having heart palpitations. If that's you, you've been having some heart palpitations, uh, irregular, normal heart palpitations. If that's you, just lift your hands right where you're at right now. In the name of Jesus, Father, I declare healing in Jesus' name right now. Command healing upon that heart. I want that person. There's actually three people here. You've been having issues with your hearing. There's, there's one person that's like a continuous ringing in your ear. Another person, there's like a, a pain in your inner ear. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hands right now. One, two, three. Right there, right there. We're going to pray. Just keep your hands raised right now. In Jesus' name. We take authority over that pain. Right now, we declare healing. Ear, we command you to be healed. Pain be gone. Even that, that rapid deafening to be healed right now. That person's been losing your hearing very rapidly. I just command healing now in Jesus' name. We take authority over that. I want all, there, there are young people here. There are older people here. You've been dealing with asthma. If that's you, you've been having a problem with asthma, just lift your hands right now. Or you have a child that's been having issues with asthma, just lift your hands. There's about eight of you. There's eight of you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right there. Lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, you're going to receive a healing right now. You're going to receive a miracle right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your healing power. And we command in the authority and in the name of Jesus that asthma to be completely and totally gone. We speak to that. You, for you cannot dwell in their bodies, for their bodies have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we declare it. They receive it through faith right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's just continue to worship the Lord. To worship you, I live to worship you. Yes, I live, I live to worship you. I live to worship you. Yes, I live, I live to worship you. To worship you. I live to worship you. Yes, I live. Wants to keep healing because there's someone that's been having pain. It starts from right here on both sides. It's been going down your neck. Even, even at times it comes down here into your chest cavity. God's healing you right now in the name of Jesus. That pain is going. I want I want the multiple people that's been ha- that has skin disease. You have some you have some issues on your skin. Somebody here is caused from a virus that you have. If that's you, I want you to actually come to the altar right now. You've been having issue with your skin. Someone here that's, it's actually right here. You've got a problem right here underneath by your hairline. It comes right here. It's pain, very painful. Come on, will you come stand right here? If that's you, you've been having problems with your skin. I want you to come on up here. How many of you guys believe God can heal? Come on. Everybody stretch your hands out towards these. We're going to begin to pray right now. The healing power of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. I want you to pray. Lift your voice. Come on. Healing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name right now. We thank you, Father, for your healing power. I'm waiting for one more person. There's a young child here that needs to be up here. God wants to heal you. You've been battling with skin problems. Come on. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, prayer warriors. Help me out. Let's let's create an atmosphere of faith in this place. Stretch your hands out towards them right now. In Jesus' name, we command it now. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Come on, lift your voice and sing to worship. Lift to worship you. Come on, congregation, lift your voice. Service is almost over. struggling with something I'm just going to declare this over your life some of you have been battling and I, I call it something that's tied to the spirit of Baal the prophets of Baal would whip themselves when they walked around that altar that was built for Baal when they battled Elijah they were cutting themselves they were whipping themselves because that was how they proved their righteousness and their worth that was their way of repenting some of you have not been able to receive the joy of your salvation because you have a masochistic spirit that you feel you constantly have to beat yourself and make yourself hurt so that God would forgive you. And it's, it's something that the devil's using to suppress people from walking in the joy of your salvation. And I want to pray for you right now. It's mutilation, self-hatred, but it's in the idea that you feel like you have to do that in, in order for God to receive your repentance. And I want to pray for you right now because it's a real thing and it's hindering a lot of people. So I'm just going to declare that. I don't want to embarrass you, but if you're struggling with that, I want you to receive this. Lord, I pray a washing and a cleansing. Lord, that joy, joy will return in Jesus name as David said restore unto me the joy of my salvation yes, yes. we declare that now in Jesus name amen amen let's close in prayer don't miss tonight service starts at six o'clock pastor Robert gonna be preaching it's gonna be off the off the chain it's gonna be powerful don't miss it Monday starts at nine o'clock right here We've got early morning prayer, so you can come and be a part of that over at the barn on our new property. Nine o'clock, the day sessions begin. You got to register for that, and then Monday night, Bishop Hooks is going to close us out. Wow! Come on, somebody say wow. Let's let's close. Father, thank you for what you've done. Now bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, O oh God. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise God. Wonderful. We'll see you tonight. Six o'clock. Praise the Lord.